Digital. Student-centred. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Jo Elliott, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Hello everyone, um, I'm joined today by Karen Powell from the uh, Deakin Law School who's going to be sharing her experience of developing an online work integrated learning program. Karen, welcome, thank you for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about the online law clinic? I know you were working on it before the pandemic hit, um, a long time ago now. What prompted the move online? Yeah, thanks Joe. thanks for having me today. So this project was originally designed to be an online law clinic that would work in tandem with our uh, more physical and located clinic opportunity. And so we'd always designed it to be specific for an online context and conveniently or inconveniently, um, as we all entered into the COVID-19 world, uh, we had to make a couple of tweaks to consider mostly how we would design the project in light of these further restrictions. And in the sense of sometimes a challenge can be an amazing opportunity, uh, it actually worked quite well to design the program entirely online because it gave us an even uh, closer view as to what the students will see when they're only interacting with each other online. So we tried to make the most of our opportunity um, and crisis uh, to make this as authentic of an experience as possible. So the original idea for the law clinic or the online law clinic came from work that my colleague, Dr. Nicole Siller and I have been doing over our time at Deakin, which is to embed um, online learning opportunities into the more experiential space. So how do we take our experiential learnings, our work integrated learnings and provide that type of opportunity to our stu students who are primarily located remotely, um, might have responsibilities during traditional work times, whether it be family or employment. Uh, how do we help them figure out what this brave new world might look like um, for them? And so we were lucky enough to apply for and receive a small HEP grant um, to support us in developing this new online law clinic pilot project. And we're embedding that type of online clinical experience um, into the larger umbrella of our Deakin Law Clinic program. So uh, as you might know, the HEP program supports teaching initiatives that are focused primarily on ensuring students from a lower socioeconomic background um, can be successful in their studies. And we know that a huge proportion of our law students study in the cloud and also are from a lower SES background. And we also know that experiential learning is a key to employment opportunities. But because there's so few options for rural students or, and cloud students to access that type of established law clinic or internship program, uh, we wanted to figure out a way to bring these sort of two ideas together to create a better opportunity for our, our law students who are, are learning in different ways now. So what kind of activities are students doing in the in-person law clinic and what were the barriers and, and the opportunities in translating that to an online environment? Mm, great question. So um, a very traditional in-person law clinic has two real components to it. 
it's a practical opportunity for students to see real people with real legal issues. So a traditional law clinic uh, and the one at Deakin is designed to be a community legal center. And so we have a set of professional legal solicitors who are seeing everyday clients and supporting them with their legal needs. Our students come into that and learn what it's like to actually practice law. Real clients, real issues, real people, real experience. And that is mirrored with the pedagogical framework around law clinics, which is the idea of experiential learning, um, learning something, applying it, reflecting on that experience, and then kind of closing the loop so that students are practically experiencing the tools they'll need in their future life and thinking about how they can continually improve that type of experience. And so that's traditionally worked quite well in an intensive in-person experience. Um, but it's, of course, a challenge to translate that to an online experience. So I think that pedagogically, that's the biggest challenge is how do we move that really complex experience to an online space. And we worked through a really interesting process to get there. So we wanted to use this particular grant to support a more collaborative design process. So we want to mirror um, experiential learning in an online space. And so we worked really closely with a learning design team. We partnered with our cloud campus team and we used what's called a design sprint process to develop this amazing prototype. And that prototype was ultimately both informed by real students in the planning process and then also tested by real law students after we had a prototype. And so that process itself was really quite fascinating. We tried to make the design process as much of a learning experience as we could so that we would come out with a unique and different product that we hadn't seen before in a learning space. Amazing. Tell me more. What does the prototype look like? <laughs> what, are the, what kind of activities are the students going to be engaging in so they're getting that kind of really collaborative experience and that I guess feedback from each other, from uh, working lawyers and from clients to, to help them develop their, their skills in the online environment. So one of the big challenges was thinking about um, the interactions that happen in an in-person classroom and how we could make those really authentic for our online students who can't always do things in a synchronous fashion. So we didn't want to just replicate the same quote unquote experience online because we knew it wouldn't be authentic. It wouldn't actually work. And this just wasn't an in-person model that was suitable for a direct translation to an online context. So we really had to back up in the planning process and think critically about what it was that we wanted our students to learn. I think what I took out of that is we talk about this all the time when we're thinking about um, the pedagogy of learning, when we're thinking about what are we trying to do in assessments, um, you know, all of these things we do as educators on a day-to-day -day basis. But this took us even farther back in the process to really untangle the key elements of what we wanted students to learn and how we would flip that on its head to have this asynchronous online experience. And so. I wanna speak for a minute about how we got to the end result before I tell you about the end result, because um, I think it was helpful to figure out what would those activities look like. So we used a design sprint model, and a design sprint model is a 
five-phase framework that helps kind of answer what they call critical business questions. It uses a rapid prototype and what's key is user testing. So this design sprint lets a group of people reach what they call a clearly defined goal or deliverable really fast. So it sparks innovation, um, it's user-centered thinking, creates a, a sort of shared vision of the team. Uh, it's been used in a business context quite a bit, less so in the education context. So what we did for this is using this design sprint, we initially interviewed a number of students and got some feedback around what online students would like to see in their online clinic. And then we had a set of Deacon staff design a prototype during a three-day online design sprint. Uh, it was guided by a design expert out of our cloud campus. And after that, we took the prototype and went back to the students to see if they thought that this model would work. A couple of things, no surprise, did work. A couple of things really didn't work. And so we were also able to quickly figure out how we could rebuild our model in line with all of the things that we know about online teaching and the Deacon platforms to come up with something that was really unique and different. Um, and so that experience, I thought, having it reflect what the students are interested in, along with some really amazing expert academics and professional staff, brought us to a place that I'm, I'm hoping will be a really fantastic student experience. Again, it's modeled off of the same concept as the Deacon Law Clinic, so authentic work um, overseen by experts, um, a combination of individual and group assignments, and trying to come up with um, an end result that is um, useful in the real world and in the real, you know, in, in being something that students can take with them after they've left this experience. So that type of work will be supported by some unique modules that will support the students in employability skills and typical types of professional skills and development. All of the modules will be standalone and can you know, happen both synchronously and asynchronously, and they're sort of built to develop in with the student experience. So um, some of the things that the students would be really important to them was a level of student choice around the work that they do. And we struggled with the idea of how we would give students choice around the work that they're doing at the same time that we have real world problems that need to be solved. So for example, one of the projects that the students will do at the beginning is they'll essentially have a, a meta project that everyone will work on and they'll be uh, divided up into teams to work on ultimately um, one large report at the end of the trimester. And they'll be broken up into groups based on their choice of timing or particular interest. So we'll have one group that can work in the evenings and weekends primarily, and it'll be focused on um, you know, a specific portion of the project. The second project will be a sort of eight to five project, um, and it'll focus on a different area of the project. So, you know, one might be, for example, working on uh, a whistleblowers under, under the law and whether we need to change the law around that. So the first group might work on, say, the evidentiary requirements of that. And the second group might work on um, civil procedure and criminal procedure. 
And so the students will have a choice around whether they'd prefer to choose their group based on the specific law or whether they'd prefer to choose the group based on their availability of timing. So that'll be the big picture overarching group. They'll then have the opportunity to choose an individual assignment that will be a sub research portion of one of the two big areas and they can choose that based on their own interest within that space. So we'll be able to put out say six or eight different research requirements and students will be able to pick based on um, what's of most interest to them. So we've tried to embed student choice because it was something that was so important to the students when they were learning about employment opportunities. So that'll be part of the activities that the students might be involved in. One of the hallmarks of uh, clinical experience or experiential education in the legal world is learning a bit about self-reflection and trying to teach law students that self-reflection doesn't necessarily have to be about feelings and emotions, that it can be very critical, it can be very analytical, it can help them in their employment context. So every student in a law clinic also works on reflection pieces, which is about analyzing the assignment they've gotten, how they've engaged with that work, uh, how it reflects the learnings that they've studied, um, and then how they can feed that forward into their next employment opportunity. So that's a second, I guess, accessible component of their law clinic experience. And our students uh, who are located on a particular campus, whether it be cloud or a physical campus, will all have the same assessment items. So everyone will have practical tasks as well as some reflective opportunities. Fantastic. It sounds like a brilliant unit and I, I love the process that you went through to develop it and that incorporation of, of the student voice from, from the very beginning, both in helping you develop the concept and also inform those refinements as well. Um, so it's running for the first time next year, is that Correct. right? Excellent. Well, I hope that perhaps we can catch up again um, in 2021 so you can tell us all about how it's gone and how the students have responded in practice. But is there anything else you'd like to share with others who are considering a, a similar teaching transformation before we wrap up today? I guess the only thing that I would like to mention is I think for me particularly, the opportunity to have a bit of funding that provided extra time in the year to really take some time and consider um, innovation in teaching was critical. I think it would have been really hard to do this type of work without the support of our law school dean, the HEP funding, and the cloud campus team because it really allowed for us not only to step back and take the time to think about change, but it also allowed for trialing someone else's methodology. So the design sprint was something that we had never used in the law school. And to be able to use that in a different type of context made, I think, the end result so much more interesting for students. And that was really something that I don't think we would have gotten without having a little bit of extra time to think and to step back from our daily teaching duties. So I think when we wanna take the opportunity to do these kinds of interesting tasks, 
um, it's great if we can get the support to build a little bit of time in. And I guess that's one thing that we were quite thankful about um, the, the small amount of HEP funding is that it gave us that space to develop something that we hadn't been able to do before. Um, so I'd never really thought about teaching grants as being useful in that context. But to me, it brought a really great way to frame my thought process around what a teaching grant could do um, in the space at Deakin. So I think that's a, a learning that is useful to all of us who are trying to figure out how do we balance innovative and new teaching styles with our research responsibilities and our administrative responsibilities. Um, so I would hope that people would be able to think a little bit more creatively about the opportunities that are available with those occasional grant opportunities or scholarship opportunities. Yeah, they certainly do provide a, an extra opportunity. But even as you've said, that that chance to bring together people from different areas and different teams, um, I think provides a great chance to just hear different perspectives, see different ways of doing things. So we definitely need to think about ways that we can facilitate that more throughout our work. Karen, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story. Um, I am really excited to hear how it goes. Um, it sounds like an excellent program and um, I'm sure the students will um, be very, very grateful for the opportunity to take part in such a customizable program that takes into account their needs and circumstances. So thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having us and uh, look forward to being able to report positively next year.